Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast, where some bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Mr. Ben Errington. And today we have a very special guest. We have uh, Gemma Moore. She's the Bram Stoker Award-nominated author of Dear Laura, Cruel Works of Nature, Till the Score is Paid, and White Pines. She's also a podcaster, illustrator, and voice actor, and is based in Bristol. Hey, Gemma. Hello. Bristol Massive. (laughs) That's where you're from, Ben. I know. I think Amazing. we're at different ends of Bristol. Is that correct? Jenna? Are you south of the river? I think I'm north. I think yeah, I am north. I'm south of the. I'm south of the river. South of the river but... sounds like the dodgy part. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean definitely. It's, <laughs> it's the more. It's the more interesting part. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know about that. It's definitely. It might be the more dodgy part. Definitely where I live. Anyway, where I was born and raised. You know. <laughs> Can you tell? Maybe. I don't know. There's like a long-standing north-south rivalry, isn't there? That like used to feature in all the local papers and stuff. And oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. Is that we, and, we've got to fight to the death at some I point. I think so. I think that's exactly yeah. what it means. Yeah. Well, choose your, choose understandable. Your <laughs> yeah, you can only grab something that's close by as well. So I've got I don't know a lamp, <laughs> uh, a bottle of water. No, none of us any good. Got any good weapons nearby, Luke? I can't understand anything you guys are saying. It's all Bristolian. <laughs> Cheeky monkey. <laughs> just dropped into local dialect. Monkey. I'm not <laughs> even born. I'm not even born and bred Bristol. I'm from Norfolk. So, <laughs> you really? okay, all right. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, Gemma, then <laughs> let's just let's just end it here, shall we? Just get my things to go. I'm I'm from the I'm from the Fens, the the Fenlands. So, uh, I don't know that yeah. much about Norfolk. Norfolk Broads from the David Bowie song and Queen Boudicca. Is that how you pronounce it, Boudicca? think so yeah someone pronounced it weird on a podcast and i thought have i been pronouncing it wrong it no, was like i think Bud- you can say bodicea i think you can say bodicea as well but i have that a feeling budica yeah. is more accurate i don't know, I don't know what that is. i'm not up with bronze age names and uh, <laughs> bits and pieces she was yeah. um she was a famous like tribal leader from that part of like the east of england oh, and her, okay. her remains were like discovered with a chariot and stuff and she was I think it was with a chariot. She was like a famous warrior lady. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
I just think of Alan Partridge's Norfolk Knights radio show. Oh, Alan Partridge, of course. I know, I know of Alan Partridge as well. You've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of him. That's good. Yeah. Uh, as everyone doing now? Everybody enjoying themselves? Everybody having a lovely week? What of lockdown? What, what number of week are we in? Who stopped counting a long time I ago? I stopped counting ages ago. I'm, I'm, I'm experienced. This is the first. This is the first like couple of weeks in a row where I've really struggled with lockdown fatigue now like it's mm. it's starting to drag because we're in the final stretch or, or one of the final stretches who knows and it's like you can see all these tantalizing things that we can do in the distance like go and sit in someone else's house or go and have dinner <laughs> go and have a coffee yeah. like yeah. normal stuff you know not have to hang around in the park in the freezing cold and um and I'm so bored of parks and I like being outdoors and it's just like I can see it there on the horizon but I can't get to it not mm. yet it's, it's, at least I suppose should... at least we can see it now we can't get to it because before we couldn't see the end yeah. of it it was almost like not knowing when it was going to end was what I was struggling with the most but now there is some sort of but I'm not 100% convinced not just yet when festivals are coming out and saying look our tickets are on sale and stuff yeah. I'm like nope there's no way I'm going anywhere near. Yep. I know exactly um, how I feel. And I don't know about you, but my my mood in the last couple of weeks since like the, the coming out of all of this was announced by Boris, my mood has just been up and down and up and down because I just, I get excited about something and then I'm like, oh no, I can't get excited about that yet because you, you, nobody knows what the future will hold. And it's like the uncertainty of it is, mm-hmm, is, yeah. is terrible. I mean, I think particularly if you have like pre-existing mental health conditions as well, which I kind of struggle with a little bit. It's it's kind of taken all of those and just blown everything up by like a thousand, magnified it all. So I'm I'm feeling the strain a bit at the moment. <laughs> really, hence drinking a lot more than I probably should, and <laughs> eating a lot more cake. Uh, well, yeah, lots of uh, creative endeavours to throw yourself into, though. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be something that helps with. There's always the work. There's always There's the work. always the work, and uh, joining us on podcasts. Join two idiots. Uh, sorry, Luke. sorry, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus there. That was that was mean, it's wasn't it? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. on a podcast to talk about this is films. this is what they call bants, isn't it? This is this is proper bants. <laughs> this I is proper bants. Oh, well. Too no, stupid I, uh... to know. Apparently, <laughs> I'm too old. <laughs> Luke just comes off the end of the podcast, just all a bit down, and he's like, oh. "Was that bants? Did I enjoy that? Was that fun? I don't know." You've got pokes in been... the feelings. I think that's no, what Bants are supposed, supposed to, to be. Right now. <laughs> I think you've got to feel like at least oh. 25% attacked <laughs> after Bants for it to, uh... yeah. Oh, I yeah. think if anybody attacked me at the moment, I'd probably burst into tears. It's, it's, we're, at that, we're at that stage now where it's like the slightest thing could be misconstrued. Or... Yeah, good defense <laughs> husband... mechanism, though, I find. <laughs> burst my into husband... tears. My yeah. husband would walk in the room and ask me like a really simple question about like, whether or not I want broccoli with dinner and I have been known to just literally burst into tears for like no reason broccoli whatsoever. isn't good just, for some people though it's just <laughs> yeah. an emotional thing for me you know these little florets they're just just I really, never know how small to cut vegetable. it I'm always like when I cook it do I cut it in the tiny bits do I cut it in big bits full florets I don't know it's Too a many choices. just tell me what to do nature tell me what to do yeah just go and eat eat it straight off the supermarket shelf don't get that with you. Don't get do that it. with frozen peas, do you? The frozen peas are the simple, straightforward vegetable. You know where you stand with frozen peas. I feel you the do. same with like green beans. Just yeah. A you say you prefer your broccoli by the leaf. 
<laughs> by the tiny little leaf. <laughs> by the clump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is not yeah. where I thought this conversation would go this evening. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> it will go in a lot of different directions. Some <laughs> expected, some not so expected, some terrifying. Um, shall we direct it towards horror-related stuff? Uh, are there any horror? <laughs> is there any horror news, Ben? Uh, there's a little bit of horror news. Um, again, quite thin on the ground, and I hate—I really do hate—to bring this up again because I feel like we've mentioned it on this podcast probably for over a year now. But Candyman. a quiet place too. Oh, okay. No, no, nearly, yeah. nearly, very nearly. A quiet place too has apparently been—it got moved to September 2021. But apparently now it's been brought. It's going to be out in theaters on May 28th, Memorial Day weekend. So I'm assuming just in the US. Memorial um, Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend, do we bloody <laughs> memorial? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so originally planned for release March 20th, 2020, which is, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like sick of, of, it's gone so far that I'm like, I don't even want to watch it anymore. Uh, I just watched The Office again, all the way through, so I'm quite excited <laughs> to see Jim. What Jim oh, right. oh, no, he's dead, isn't he? Oh, what? Spoiler alert, but he's not going to be in this one, is he? I haven't seen it, shut up. Spoiler alert, yeah, massive spoiler alert for that film, um, which we did cover on this podcast, but maybe it'll appear in some form. Uh, he's directing it, though, isn't he? So uh, maybe you'll feel him, you'll, you'll sense him um, in that way. Uh, yeah, they can't delay it again, can they? Because it's going to get to a point where just don't bother, isn't it? Just delete the film. Just find the files, all the, all the actual source, delete the film don't even bother releasing it but yeah may 28th could be exciting i'm quite excited to go back to the cinema at whatever point that will be what was the last film everybody saw on the big screen do you remember Um, oh my god i can't even remember i think might have been invisible man for me invisible man was february wasn't it 2020 so that's probably a good shame it was birds of prey for me oh yeah that was february as well it's a cracking good thing to see in the cinema actually it was yeah big screen treatment i think that's the thing though isn't it like some people are pushing back their releases because they <laughs> they genuinely believe that you need that cinema experience and i i reckon the Candyman mm-hmm. remake is a like culturally that's a bit of an event as well because of the new narrative and the new themes and stuff that it deals with and i feel like it does deserve its day in the cinema like streaming is fine and it is fine but i we watched wonder woman 84 you know is a kind of cinematic release thing and it doesn't have the same impact you know you're not held captive by the screen you are just sat there scr- and, it, and it didn't kind of hold my interest the whole way through anyway because I, I found the writing a bit problematic mm-hmm. on that one so you're just scrolling on your phone and you know it's it is a waste like whereas if you're in the cinema even if it isn't the best movie in the world unless you're an absolutely awful human being you're not sat there on your phone in the cinema so you are giving it your full attention like, <laughs> yeah. i do understand wanting yeah. to hang out and wait for that like the bond movie is like kind of delayed as well isn't it and and i i get why i think because those things yeah. are meant to be an event like the Bond films like make a lot of money all over the world as well, don't they? So that's probably the reason why they want to uh, delay that. Uh, but yeah, well, I managed to get to the cinema like every time lockdown eased and cinemas were open. I did kind of yeah. manage to. Squeeze no, I did it. as well. Forgot about that. Yeah, see Tenet and that. What was that? Uh, Tenet, I think, might have been the last one. Oh, Tenet. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, "What? You saw what?" 
Uh, yeah, and I, I saw Wonder Woman. That was the last thing I saw on the big screen um, when they opened the cinema for like, I don't know, six hours once. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that window. Get in! <laughs> get in and watch busy. it! <laughs> get in and watch it! Well, I'm trying, I'm trying. Get... There's no time for popcorn! Get in there! Oh. Just throw popcorn at your mouth as you walk by them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. It's just like a grenade of popcorn <laughs> in your face. If you catch, catch what you get, it still costs you 12 quid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? What else? There's a bit of thin on the ground. Um, so, Olivia Wilde has shared the first look at her Florence Pugh starring psychological horror movie, Don't Worry Darling, uh, which is um, a brief log line. 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company may be hiding disturbing secrets. Uh, it's got Florence Pugh in it, Harry Styles. Uh, Chris Pine, Gemma Chan, directed by Olivia Wilde. I don't know I mentioned that, but going from Booksmart to this, bit nuts, but you know, pretty cool. I'll look forward to that. Yeah, I've heard Booksmart is really good. I've not seen it though. Booksmart is good. Have you seen it, Gemma? No, I haven't. It's again, it's on my list of. I don't get to consume as much stuff as I would like. Books, mm-hmm. movies, anything I do listen to more than any, anything I do consume more than anything else is podcasts because I can do it yeah. while I'm doing something else. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Got a long list of things I want to catch up on as soon as I get five minutes away from doing all the things, you know, doing the things, doing all those things, all the things. The things. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just try and squeeze in my movie watching like late at night, but probably too late because. I just lull myself into this false sense of security. I could definitely watch a two-hour film. Ten minutes in, heavy eyes. I'm like, <laughs> I'll persevere through this. Come on, you can do it. That's do you find yourself watch watching a lot of movies in two chunks? Yes. Like, like it's a TV show. Like you'll watch yeah. a bit at night and then... No, I resent that, though. I do resent that, having to pick yeah. it up the next day. I feel a little bit annoyed. It feels like a dirty little secret. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I'll watch the second half of this film. Do watch the rest. Uh, <laughs> so sometimes I do persevere. Um, but probably, yeah, one in every four or five movies I probably do have to watch in two chunks. If I start watching a movie anytime before, anytime after 10, it's likely yeah, to happen. Yeah, 10, 10 so just dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of feeling it with this one a little bit because I put this one on just after 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably about an hour in, well, I was this a bit movie like... is um, paced, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Black and white was making me tired as well. What's that about? That's weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very dreamy. What else we got? So, I don't know if you guys saw the zombie uh, Korean uh, TV show Kingdom on Netflix. South Korean zombie samurai warriors stuff. Uh, it was really good. Um, really kind of unique, but apparently they're releasing a special episode of it on this way this year. Um, and they've released a couple of teaser images, which looks kind of badass. Uh yeah, yeah. You, you've brought it up a couple of times. I will watch it at some point. I'm just not quite there with zombies yet. <laughs> There's another show on Netflix called Kingdom, which is apparently like a UFC fighter show. Yeah. And the yeah. amount of times I've heard somebody say, oh, Kingdom on Netflix is great. And then I get ready to like launch into my, I love Kingdom so much, it's so great. What about zombies, eh? And they're like... <laughs> and then, yeah, I go, what about those Korean zombies then? How do you feel about that? And they'll go, you what? <laughs> it's a yeah. ultimate fighting show, you idiot. And I'll go, what? Yeah, so it's a bit disappointing. Um, really well made and just like looks amazing and it's really like action packed and kind of gives because everyone's had enough of zombies, I guess. So it gives the whole zombie thing something nice uh, and unique as well because there's loads of little unique little touches they add to it. So I haven't had enough of zombies. I love zombies. 
I, yeah. I, I love all of that. I don't care how how hack hack hacked. That's not the right word, is it? Hacky. I can't even speak. I'm Award nominated author, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> what's the it? word? Hacky. There is a word for that 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 you will know Hammy. that I can't Hammy. summon to mind. But it's been yeah. done a lot. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. I should probably get a drink. That might help. <laughs> and um, and it's like I can't, I just doesn't bother me. I love it. I think it's the only like the only subgenre of horror where I don't mind the tropes again and again and again because it's just I know enjoyable. What you, mean. you know what? It's like comfort blanket horror. And it's apart from Train to Bu- Train to Busan, which broke my heart in too many places. Now There's I can't watch it. Nothing comforting again. about that film. No, that's scary, <laughs> really. that's scary in more than one way. Getting on a train, scary enough. Yeah. Uh, Zombies on it as well. Gonna miss it. Gonna miss it. And there's zombies on it. Ah, what stressed me out about that is that the main character's daughter's on the train with him, and I just kept thinking, but that's just like a horrible situation to be in. No, couldn't do it. That's a whole lot of broccoli for me. That was a train full of broccoli, and uh, (laughs) it was train full of broccoli just turned up. Wow. I I need. It was a good film. I I love that. I do love that film, and I totally understand the love for it. But I don't think I can watch it again. I need some frozen peas. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see the sequel? That Peninsula. No. No, but not not very good. It was like they kind of turned it into Fast and the Furious. That sounds mad. I know, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, but yeah. Uh, what was I, what was I going to say about? This? Oh yeah, zombies for me. The reason I kind of fell out of love with it is because I persevered with The Walking Dead for so long. Oh, and I love I love the comics, and I saw I saw a meme the other day which was like, "Don't tell me where you're from or what star sign you are. Tell me where you gave up on The Walking Dead. I'll know all I need to know about you." Yeah, and I yeah. think mine was the tail end of series seven, possibly. I stuck I think... it. In, I stuck it out there for N- Nagan's storyline. I think is where most people started to tail off um, after Glenn was so brutally taken from us. Uh, and a- Abraham, was it Abraham? Yeah. I Abraham. stuck with it for a few more episodes thinking, where is this going to go? And then I started to sort of, I've seen a lot of other people say the same. Like for me, I liked the fact that people were kind of, it had a real Darren Bont feel at the beginning. And mm. like, characters that kind of came together and the unlikable characters but characters that worked as a team and and they were kind of prevailing against like the odds and then as it went through each series it just became more about humans doing unkind horrible things to each other and I know that that was in the comics and I know Nagan's a massive part of the comic like universe and stuff but on screen it just didn't play as well for me because it was just relentless and and so grim and and I just wanted I don't know. I didn't. I, I couldn't. After a while, I, I should probably go back and pick up where I left off. And I tried Fear the Walking Dead for a bit as well. Yeah. Uh, but sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only saw a few episodes of that. Uh, yeah, I think the Walking Dead was good at introducing interesting characters, or it kind of had good villains, but it felt like it didn't know what to do with it. Like the conflict, I also I always found was a bit like naff. I didn't always feel fully invested in it with Negan as well. Like all I could really remember about him is the fact that he was always leaning back when he was talking. <laughs> he was always like reclining, but there was no recliner in sight. And I'm like, are you all right? Is your spine okay? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Cause I am worried. He's a he tall chap. A chiropractor. Maybe He's that's why. Yeah. Chap. He couldn't, he had to get into shot each time. He was just like, <laughs> is this, are you back. sure to say, 
Are you sure to say you want to set up the shot? Because I'm a tall guy. Just lean back. Just lean into it. Nice. Yeah. I don't know when it's due to end because I think they're on series 10 now. I didn't know it was still going. I've only seen one episode. Oh, it's still going. It was okay. But, um, You've only seen one episode? Yeah. I but I was, I was, like, I was more, into, <laughs> more into the comics and I just kind of just carried on with those. I felt... I, I felt... Sorry, go on, Jim. No, no, no. No, go ahead. I felt the same with the comics where the conflict that they kept introducing every mm-hmm. you know arc every story arc just i just wasn't invested in it it was just like the same sort of thing yeah find somewhere nice to live someone else is not so nice they want to well, take there was the, the time jump in that and i that was a good sort of opt out oh uh, okay okay is that yeah. when they time jumped and negan they had negan um yeah prisoner. yeah yeah and there we go uh, and the last thing I've got is Stranger Things creators are teaming with Steven Spielberg to adapt Stephen King's The Talisman. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, very interesting. I did pick up Stephen King's new book today, actually. The uh, he's done, done another like hard-boiled crime thriller. Later. For, what's it called? Later, I think, isn't it? <laughs> I literally bought it three hours ago, and I've forgotten what it's called. Uh, yes, yeah, so that should be good. Have you guys read The Talisman? Because I don't think I have. I have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've How got Black House. Is it Black House? I've got the sequel on my bookshelf, and I keep thinking, I really want to read that, but I better get the talisman first. Yeah, and that's with that. Straub, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. It's interesting because I don't. Has there been a Spielberg King, another Spielberg King movie? I'm, I was trying to think that when I heard the news. I couldn't put my finger because Darabont did a lot of King movies back in the nineties. It was like Green Mile and Mist, um, and then obviously Flanagan kind of took up the mantle and has done an awful lot of adaptations. But I was trying to think. Flanagan if... was linked to do Revival, wouldn't he? And then yeah, is that not going ahead now? I don't think that's going ahead now. No. Oh well, when I search it, the first story is almost collaborations between Stephen King and Steven Spielberg. I mean, I'm excited because I can't imagine yeah. anyone better place to kind of do King the full justice, especially with a story like Talisman, where it's just there's so much. Like that is that the one with the four, five friends in the hut in the woods, and no, that's Dreamcatcher. I'm thinking of Dreamcatcher. Sorry. Ooh, wait. All, oh wait. All, um, Dreamcatcher. Did Spielberg do that? Yeah. I think, he, I think did. he did. Yeah. No. No, no, no. Apparently not. <laughs> Lawrence, uh, Kasdan. <laughs> Lawrence Kasdan, yeah. Ah, oh, that's a film I've not seen in a long, long time. No, I was just reminding myself of it. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, a, a Spielberg remake of that would be awesome. But actually, no, I haven't read The Talisman. I've read Dreamcatcher. Yeah. So take it all back. Well, there we go. Uh, I'll look forward to that in any in any sense. Uh, that's all I've got for horror news, unfortunately. Unless anybody else has seen anything, not really. But I've not been looking, so that could be oh, the, the issue. That's what there. happens. You see, don't look. You don't <laughs> I was too see. busy watching the Planet of the Apes movies because. Um, <laughs> Were you? Yeah. Well, I mean, it took up so much time. There's three of them. The the new the new trilogy, um, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and then War for the Planet of the Apes. You were right. They're all great. Like the the second two particularly are really good. It's just a really solid trilogy. I can't think of another trilogy recently that kind of fits. Mm. They're so cohesive; it sort of comes together so well. I mean, we get sort of see the story right from the start. And how does it make you feel knowing that the director of those films is now 
directing the Batman. So, um, so I mean, putting words in your mouth. Well, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I guess so. Uh, who's Andy? You, who's Andy Circus going to be doing in the Batman movie? Uh, who's he going to? Who's he not going to be doing? He's going to okay. do it everywhere. <laughs> he's going to be doing the scenery. He's going to put a mocap suit on, and he's going to be the Batcave. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. The uh, movies, I, I, yeah. After seeing these, I'm quite excited for everything that Matt Reeves does because they're they were just so well put together, like so confidently done. Do you feel like they're named in the wrong order? Which is how well, there's Rise. Yeah. Well, this is this is the prequel to the originals, right? So Rise yeah. is the first one, and then Dawn, and then War. Uh, War, War should, should be the, be the middle, middle one. one. War should, War should be, the, be middle the middle one because, especially given the War. events in the film. I feel like yeah. the middle one has a war, more of a war in it. Yeah, I then, follow that. They're still, they're still great. I think they're all really solid. Have you seen these films, Gemma? Is this with Angry Caesar? That's all I remember. Is it yeah. was a really angry Caesar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. CG was yeah. really angry. Calm yeah. down, Caesar. For God's sake, chill out. I don't know, I don't know why it's it, but like the CG looked cross. You know, like there's the level of yeah. detail and the color and. Uh, oh, I've really got that lift. That... <laughs> yeah, angry, hairy thing. Um, I have seen them. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, maybe I haven't seen the most recent one, but I've definitely seen the other two. One of them's got that kid from Harry Potter in, haven't they? Um, Malfoy. Growing yeah, up, Malfoy. Yeah, 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 first one. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I thought they were well put together. They were. They were definitely way more serious and much more rage filled on steroids than the kind of. Ch- um, yeah. Charlton Heston uh, movies from back in the day um, but what's not to love about Helena Bonham Carter as a clever genius scientist ape <laughs> yeah I, do you know what I was I always terrified I was always terrified by Helena Bo- Bonham Carter just um, in her ape makeup no just oh. in her ape makeup like something about her I don't know why I just couldn't quite look directly at her in the, in the <laughs> film I don't know why I just felt like <laughs> I don't know how I feel about you she carried uh, it off though. She's probably one of the few actresses that could carry it off in a convincing, yeah, <laughs> convincing exactly. way. Is that a compliment or is that <laughs> <laughs> Tim Roth is in it as well, isn't he? As uh, the general. Oh yeah, doesn't he famous. go like a bit um, Deadpool on on them as well, and just like jack himself up on drugs or something? I can't remember. I don't remember movies as well as I need to. Doesn't he become really like enraged and big and hulky Sounds and might get confused right. with Hulk? He, he I'm getting that confused in the with Hulk. Hulk as well. <laughs> yeah, he does do that <laughs> in the Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's just his MO. Maybe he's like, Do I become big and enraged in this film? Well, I haven't written it in. in Add it to the script. Fiction, yeah. As long as oh, you're going to regret asking me on, it'll be like a whole, you'll get to the end of this. You're like, Oh my God. Next. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark Wahlberg as well looking great in uh, that Planet of the Apes movie. I'm just naming everybody who was in that film, it would seem. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Marky Mark, he loves it, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Have you seen anything else, Luke? Apart from uh, that's funny. I've, been, I've been playing some games. I um, I just talked bad about zombies and I'm playing a zombie game, Days Gone. And Ooh. it is really good. Zombies in particular are really good. <laughs> Hordes, right? You're sorry? Hordes of zombies. Yeah, that's the best thing about it is there's parts where you they're quite easy to pick off one by one but if you because you find yourself exploring a lot um if you go down the wrong tunnel or whatever and you find yourself suddenly surrounded by a horde of zombies it really captures that feeling of um 
I don't know. You just get you genuinely feel scared about getting into that Cheap situation. Fun. Yeah. Uh, haven't you got to like uh, keep your motorbike finely tuned as well? Is that correct? You've got to be a mechanic. <laughs> yeah. If you, this like the other day, my motorbike broke. Um, I didn't. I wasn't near anywhere, so I had to um, run across the map without my bike, my trusty motorbike, and it was painful. So you do want to look after your motorbike if you play Days Gone. Yeah. It's good. I, I think it's a really good game. It got a lot of slack when it came out, but it is good. I've got it because I think I bought it on sale, and I would like to play it. Um, I will get around to that. I've been playing the Avengers game, which is like kind of mind numbing it's just button mashing but i've just unlocked black widow and playing like everything else is like you just feel like you're smashing everything hulk thor every other character but black widow plays like a cross That's between laura tim <laughs> tim roth black widow plays like a cross between batman and uh laura croft mm-hmm. and it's just so satisfying she's got like dual wielding guns she's got like a grapple it's just good times uh but yeah you can be every character essentially but it's all right, I suppose. Yeah. What about you, Gem? Have you watched anything? Read anything good? Well, it's just interesting. Like I, the the video game thing always makes me chuckle a bit because I haven't. I've beyond my Sega Mega Drive when I was a kid. I've hey, not had a console. I love yeah. the Mega Drive. I was a big Mega Drive nerd, but I've never had a console since then. Um, so I see a lot of gamer kind of talk online and stuff, and I've always felt a bit left out. So this year we got finally got an xbox uh, yeah. mostly because my son really wants to play minecraft and badgered us into it and now we don't let him play it because it overstimulates him too much so we... <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <Never mind. laughs> but um so i've started playing games and i wanted to play all the horror mo- horror games but i don't yeah. the controls are quite hard for me to get used to because they're like super sensitive and i finding i'm getting a bit of motion sickness as i'm playing like first person shooter games and stuff like that so i'm learning i'm just i'm learning as uh, every day but i stupidly uh we've got a game pass so i downloaded um the the newest resident evil game um seven is it i I can't remember um oh i've not played any of the others (laughs) i'm like the game kind of eases in when you're just kind of wandering around this nasty spooky house and it's all right for like the first hour or two of gameplay because i'm slow as well (laughs) then then it's just insanely violent it's so violent and i'm just like and i start i get so scared by what's happening (laughs) that i can't like function and control anything so i just i've just tried about like three or four times to play the game and every time that's going in pretty pretty hardcore like every time something scary happens now i get my husband to come in and do that bit and he's just like La, 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 la. okay there you go hands the controls back yeah. <laughs> and then i carry on going so i always feel like an absolute nerd like in in a, like when people have game conversations because i am i'm just not a natural gamer but i'm learning and i'm i'm easing yeah. myself into it and it is quite fun i have to there are other games that are that are you sort of switch to when you can't handle the stress of resident evil it's so stressful <laughs> that, is, would... that is a game that you overcome like <clears throat> yeah you, you put it on your cv when you finished it because it feels <laughs> like such an achievement i i would consider myself anyway. a seasoned horror gamer but even that had me shaken <laughs> many times i think luke played <laughs> in vr as well didn't you i played a bit of vr yeah that was almost I've... too much so I've only yeah. made it to the stage where I've been uh, kidnapped by the freaky family in the house and I okay. keep trying to yeah. get away from the, the nasty shovel-wielding 
father figure and I yeah. keep I can't yeah. quite get around him to get to where I need to go without having my brains battered out by his shovel <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> there's some like moments in that game like Ben you know when you go into the thing and the I don't want to spoil anything. The but thing, the thing. You could spoil it. It might make it easier for me. <laughs> well, there's a bit when you're, you're downstairs and then there's like stuff on the walls that come dropping off, peeling away from the walls that's in the shadows. The imagery is so scary. Like, I'll never, ever forget that feeling of those things coming out of the shadows towards it me. It is a properly scary game. And I and I think I, I started, like most things in life, I aimed too high, <laughs> too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> So I need to just. I am playing. Um, is it Call of the Call of the Sea, Call of the Ocean? What's that one? It's like an, a puzzle game, explore uh, game. That's quite nice. It's quite yeah. nice and genteel. Yeah, um, I like. You think you've got to switch between genres sometimes, especially when you're playing horror games. You can't let that be exclusively what you play because you're just on edge all the time. You're just like yeah. trying to make a cup of tea. You're just like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the that. controls thing because I'm not. I'm not used to it. I just. Mm. It's a bit like when I when I was learning to drive and in a panic situation, my brain just locks and freezes. They say you have like fight, um, flight or freeze. And I'm a freeze <laughs> in any bad situation. I just everything stops working, which is not yeah. great for video games. So. <laughs> um, or driving, yeah. but, you know, yeah, or driving. <laughs> well, I don't really drive much anymore. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. no, there sure isn't. Uh anything else anybody watch anything else at all um oh i watched this movie that you guys uh sent me uh i also watched in pettigore uh a couple oh, of yeah. ago, which is an ah, awesome okay. gem of a movie i really liked it yeah um and i've just noticed uh just seen just now that saint maud and his house have been both been bafta nominated which is very out. worthy and very good although we need Sweet. some more horror movies on there but it's a good start Mm. Yeah, definitely. I haven't actually seen the BAFTA nominations yet, so I'll go and check them out. Afterwards. His house won the Biffa, right? The I think so. Film award, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. Definitely for good standing. His house was a stunning movie, and I think, mm-hmm. particularly as a Brit, like we know, we know how difficult some of these issues are with kind of. Uh, refugees trying to make a better life for themselves over here, and and also you see it from the other side here. You see the racism and the nastiness directed towards people who were just trying to get away from something horrendous and start a new life. And it's like, it was double layered for me because I, you, the film presents it through his eyes and that family's eyes, but you're also, you're putting your own kind of knowledge of the experience they'll find when they get over to England on top of that as well. And just mm. there are a couple of scenes in that movie that just made me really just like all my insides clench. Like I just couldn't bear it. So yeah, well, very, a very interesting twist as well because I think you approach the film from one angle, and when you find out the twist, you kind of you you're made to go back to how you felt about it originally, and kind of yeah. like re reassess, that. yeah, reassess, yeah, which is uh which is good. I think also, I'm just thinking about there. it now. It's making I'm quite I appreciate that um not all not all of the English characters are bastards. Like you think about mm. most of them are, but then there's the guy <laughs> in the um in the pub when they're like all singing songs together yeah and that welcoming. was one of those moments and i was clenched thinking oh this is all going to go horribly wrong yeah. you know and then it doesn't and that was actually a real relief like he was mm. just allowed to sit in the pub you know and and have his little Staying moment yeah. yeah and have a biscuit yeah but then the, <laughs> the other biscuit. moment the other moment was where she's walking across the 
basketball pitch or whatever it is and yeah. she's lost and she asks a group of um lads for directions and they're just so horrible to her and i just couldn't i couldn't bear it i had I literally had to like go make a cup of tea in that bit <laughs> just couldn't stand it. it was awful yeah. so yeah really well done good movie though yeah yeah um what about you ben what you've been watching uh, I watched a couple of random things this week. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I don't know why I watched this. I watched Murder by Numbers, a 2002, the Sandra Bullock crime thriller thing. It's got Ryan Gosling in oh, it. Oh, I like, like that film. I like oh. that film. <laughs> yeah, see, I thought I liked this film. I remember seeing this. And thinking, it's oh, like yeah, Copycat. It's, it's in the same ilk as Copycat. It was like that uh, 90s yeah, thriller bit. murder. Yeah. yeah, and it's got Michael Pitt in it as well. The con- he's constantly pouting, no matter what the situation. He's <laughs> pouting all the time. Uh, he's got the lips for it though, so we'll let him off. Ryan Gosling, uh, he's wearing a red leather jacket. He's got like frosted tips. His hair. <laughs> I'm baffled. Now. I'm baffled by this. This is probably the first Ryan Gosling movie I've seen where I've gone sort of out. Ryan, what are you playing at here? What are you, what are you playing at? Uh, I didn't really enjoy it this time around. I felt I found it was a film that like thought it was more intelligent i can't even say the sentence which makes me sound like an idiot it it was dumb and it thought it was smart essentially uh i don't know why i felt about sandra bullock's character because they were trying to sort of impose this like certain character traits on her and i just i don't know if i was completely convinced at any point and also i didn't understand what the end goal of ryan gosling and michael pitt these two school these two high school boys are yeah ryan gosling's head doesn't look finished (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like if you look at some of the pictures compare them to uh blade yeah. runner oh, that's a finished product <laughs> it's work it's in progress yeah <laughs> and no matter, right just think about have you seen this film luke i don't, I don't think i want to <laughs> no, just think about this film and think you look at the poster you look at a few screenshots you think i know mm. everything i need to know about this film no you don't because she gets attacked by a baboon in the film <laughs> that happens right baboon there's there's a hot like i said there's that whole tranche of like 90s movies along those lines like the one with shigoni weaver the um one i just mentioned copycat and then there was like the bone collector was it bone collector with angelina jolie and like they were all in the same mold any movie with ashley judd in yeah 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 and just like that slightly high class um more like not quite silence of the lambs not quite scream just like somewhere yeah. in the middle of the two, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does look unfinished. It does look odd. <laughs> also, there's a moment where Ryan Gosling licks Sandra Bullock's face, and apparently that was that was ad libbed. That's right, isn't it? That's right. Ad licked is the term. Ad licked, yeah. But <laughs> and you're thinking, oh, that's a bit weird. I mean, someone licked my face, and I'm not giving them permission for that. They ended up in a relationship after the film, so clearly they, they. she was like, oh yeah, oh. lick that face. <laughs> I got attacked by a baboon. <laughs> Crikey, I'd be in a relationship with Sandra Bullock, quite honestly. She's, um, yeah, she's, she's awesome. uh, maybe not a character in this. There's something about the, as I said, the character traits they try and enforce on her, which is like trying to say, oh, she don't care. Unlikable no. women. It's a, just it was don't... a thing in the 90s. You watch any 90s thriller and tell me that you like any of the women in any of them. It's, it's, it was like it's a big thing. Her colleagues, me. her colleagues were trying it. Oh, there was a thing where the, her colleagues were saying, she's the hyena. And I can't remember the reason they gave for why they called her a hyena. But I think it was something to do with hyenas have got like, female hyenas have got like a faux, like a fake, almost penis looking. And it was like too on the nose for the way they were trying to describe her character. 
It's like, yeah, she hasn't got a fake penis, but I, I, know, I, I, she might. <laughs> I do think. Get... <laughs> what was that? She is awesome, though. Like, she can pretty much own any film she's in, even if the film isn't that good. You know, mm. like she's just awesome. She yeah. sort of elevates a script, like yeah. just insanely competent and talented lady. Um, uh, interestingly, uh, like... one of my favourite films with her in is The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds, in which she is a really yeah. un- unlikable, frosty kind of bitch, but she gets a chance to kind of warm up a little bit by the end. And it's a funny movie. She's funny. I like yeah. her a lot. She's very good. I like her in Miss Congeniality as well. Even the yeah. sequel, I think. I've got a lot of love for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I saw that. And then I also saw the Coming to America sequel, Coming to America. That's genius, right? Who can believe it? Um, has anybody seen this yet? This came I out saw your time. writing on Letterboxd and I was like, a, oh, okay, interesting. You know what? I actually liked it. And I've seen a lot of reviews on Letterboxd and a lot of people saying, ah, oh, t- some of the jokes are too on the nose, a lot of the callbacks. Sure. Pretty much every character from the original Returns, every minor line and plot thread is kind of called upon in some way, shape or form. How are the barbershop dudes still alive, considering they're like 90 years old in 1988? But they are. Uh, yeah, yeah. So basically, it was all right. I liked it. Uh, it was funny. I had a lot of laughs. I don't really remember the first one all that much. So First I... one's great. First one is yeah. probably the first F-bombs I ever heard in movies. I remember feeling a bit like, oh, what's going on here then? Oh, they're swearing a lot. Oh, I shouldn't be watching this. So, yeah, <laughs> I've got a lot of love for it as one of those movies that kind of reminds me of my childhood in that way. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. But that's it. That's all I've watched this week. Other than... The girl walks home alone at night. Um, yes, she does. Let's dive in. Okay. So, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is a 2014 
American horror western film written and directed by Anna Lily Armapour. Um, promoted as the first Iranian vampire western. Well, that kind of makes sense. Uh, in the Iranian ghost town of Bad City, a place that reeks of death and loneliness, the townspeople are unaware that they're being stalked by a lonesome vampire. Just put loneliness twice. And lonesome, loneliness, lonely in the tagline there. Um, yeah, so IMDb has it at 7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it 96%. User, user score is 75%. Letterboxd it's sitting at 37 I've got some choice letterbox reviews here. I normally give for funny letterbox reviews, but people weren't that dumb <laughs> this time around. <laughs> they, they were quite well considered. I mean, considered-ish. Uh, Carlo <laughs> gave it five stars. He says, was expecting a vengeful vampire horror movie, but it got a cute romance with a banging soundtrack. Um, Nick Helt said, I was just so incredibly bored. I didn't care about any <laughs> of the characters. The pacing was awful. This was basically a drawn-out music video. Half Sounds star. like a book review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andre, um, he's got a, a great little profile picture here. He's very smiling. Aesthetically beautiful, but all for nothing. I've been trying to find any sort of meaning for this film, but I cannot. It's just pretty. Half star. And then Sophie put, this is Twilight, but for art hoes of exquisite taste. Five stars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a damning indictment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, she had five stars. She liked it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like for Art Hose, five stars. There we go. I mean, what are your? Have you guys seen? This? What's your first impressions for this film? I like, I like the comment about the banging soundtrack. Like for me, that this was, this was all about the music. Like I could have just listened to the soundtrack and just been in heaven all day. It was that kind of poppy, synthy, chromatics, like funky, pulpy, brilliant. Chromatic. The music was awesome, but it was mixed in with like. The Iranian kind of um, pop songs and stuff as well, and like, it was interesting that it's like you, you said it, it's kind of a, an, an American setting. It's like an Iranian American setting, and I found it really hard to know where it was actually filmed. So I couldn't figure out if it was filmed in America or I'm assuming not in Iran for obvious reasons. But mm. um, it just gave off these really confusing vibes. You weren't quite sure where is Bad City is. And, and where it was meant to be. and But I quite liked the ambiguity of that as well. And I think that's just like summed up the whole movie for me. It was just really ambiguous. It wasn't really one genre or another. It's a, it didn't feel like a Western to me, unless it's kind of like a subverted version of a kind of yeah. cowboy rolls into town, a mysterious lone ranger rolls into town and then walks off again. But it, it felt like... It kind of borrowed from like Tarantino and Lynch and kind of let the right one in. And it was all a big mishmash with a load of kind of not as much cultural stuff as I thought there would be. Like I was expecting perhaps more about kind of Iran or, or kind of certain like societal stuff that, that would be prescient, I guess. But it was just cool. I thought it was really pulpy and cool and compelling I, I I do think I got to the end of it and I was a bit like would have liked something a little bit more to have ended yeah. with like I didn't it was a nice love story ending unless of course she gets bored of him and eats him because he keeps asking her about broccoli but it's just like wanted a bit more out of the story but it looked and um, sounded amazing to me just loved yeah. loved the soundtrack yeah I think yeah. I agree with that with that soundtrack. I think it's the first time. Oh, 
It reminded me of how I felt when I first watched Drive, where I was like, right, I need to find out what these songs are immediately because I need to hear them again. Um, and yeah, so when you said chromatics, I felt like that as well. Uh, I kind of feel the same about the ending. I feel like it maybe fizzled out, whimpered out a little bit rather than anything really that interesting. But yeah, looks great. A nice, unique take on the on the vampire genre as well. And it wasn't just like, oh, you kind of thought, okay, she's just going to stalk everybody and eventually kill them. That's what's going to happen. And the fact that she didn't really do that, I thought was yeah. quite... Well, it was a, it was a feminist kind of choice as well because she only really ate and fed off of the diseased bodies of men who'd behaved badly. <laughs> mm, yeah. um, it's interesting as well, like the very opening scene where um, um, Arash, the, the 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 male kind of lead, is like he just randomly steals a cat from somebody's back garden or front yard or wherever it is, and then just walks home with it. He walks over a bridge and in the distance in the bridge, there's this kind of ditch All the dead bodies. and it's just full of dead bodies. And it's yeah. just like, Oh, I nearly missed that. You know, it's just kind yeah. of casual. I didn't even see it there. the first time I watched it. I only yeah. saw it this time. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Where have I they come from? I, did, yeah. I didn't notice it the first time until they ended up dumping a body there. Well, a, a rash. Um, yeah. Ended yeah. up dumping a body there. That was the only. I was like, oh, that ditch is full of bodies. Didn't even notice the first time, right? Isn't that crazy? So, yeah. so that's and then it sort of leads you down one path and then around the houses a bit. And I tell you what, I thought was amazingly well done though, and just elevated it a little bit higher than just kind of like um, art ho stuff. <laughs> was like the the way it was filmed. You never really got like a straight face to face scene. So. They they went to massive, massive lengths to film this narrative through kind of looking through things or looking behind things or reflections of things. So they're either filmed through windows, like car windows, or in rearview mirrors, or in a mirror on the wall, or from around the corner as if someone's kind of peeking around the corner, or in a, in a reflection in something, or from a distance, or like with a handheld camera kind of moving around like the different perspectives were so goddamn clever in, in kind of giving you this unsettling, like you see it really clearly. And there's a scene where she um, is invited into the drug dealer's house at the beginning. And you're wondering where this is all going. Cause I, I went into it blind. I didn't read any blurbs, so I didn't know what it was going to be about. And that's the scene when you realize it's a vampire movie, if you didn't know that already. And, and there's just, um, you know, he's kind of, Wadging all the coke he can get up his nose and having a boogie and Wadging. and she's just <laughs> she's I'm just gonna watch this coke you know oh, as much as I can get he had lines like he had loads of lines all the way around the table so it's like no matter where he was sat he'd always Pre-top. have something yeah, yeah exactly um, yeah. I respect that <laughs> and just these little moments where she's just kind of fiddling with his drum kit so to speak. Um, and it's just like the way that that whole scene is shot is from so many different angles and perspectives. It's crazy disorienting. And I loved that. I thought it was so well done. And scenes in the car and stuff, it's just, yeah, that for, I've, I've, I've noticed that and the music more than anything else, I think. Um, yeah. It just, just really kind of left an impression on me, I think, visually. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird one. I mean, um, this is the kind of film where someone had bigged it up to me like so much the first time I watched it. It because on the face of it, it's my kind of perfect film. It's kind of quirky. It's got that eraser head aesthetic. Um, it's uh, and I really like Anna Lily Amipour. She 
has like a really great Instagram page where she posts lots of uh, stuff about David Lynch and mm. um, lots of cool directors, lots of cool people. But the first time I watched it, I just kind of I found it. Most, you know, when someone's big stuff and up so much, you, your expectations aren't really set properly. Uh, I found it a little bit vacuous the first time. So I didn't quite understand what, and I think it was the, because of the plot was just far too light for me. Uh, but this time, I think I enjoyed it a lot more. I think I just kind of settled into what it was. I still think it's paced a little bit too slowly. Um, but it was an enjoyable experience, really. Yeah, um, it's in, the pace is, is an issue. But then I was thinking about that. Like, how how else would you do it? Like, there, there's a pivotal scene where Arash's father, kind of, he kicks him out of the house and he takes mm. all his money and goes to the, um, the hooker and, and kind of basically forces her to do heroin and it's a really uncomfortable scene where he kind of ties her wrists together with his own belt and and injects her and then injects himself with the same needle which just made me like ah and it's just it's just horribly abusive it's so abusive and just I'm not quite sure how you move from that to something else at a more of a kind of pacey speed do you know what I mean without like demeaning that whole scene and there were a couple of like couple of moments like that where a rat is at the party and he's dancing and he's he's done drugs and he doesn't really know where he is and you're supposed to kind of feel for like how vulnerable he is and it's really dreamy and but also a bit unsettling because you just feel really bad for him because he's completely out of his depths with all these wealthy people that have got money for coke and whatever yeah. and it's just like I'm not sure whether it needed to be a faster movie and needed to be faster paced because I think what it was trying to do was just a couple of character studies really of kind of life and and how people bump into each other and then move on Mm. and it doesn't necessarily need to be a kind of breakneck speed thing like the more I think about it but there is like uh there's one scene that was like five minutes on like one shot um (laughs) and I was like come on like I don't know I understand (laughs) I I kind of agree but um it's more like a it kind of struck me that like life in bad city had like ground to a halt essentially um yeah. and that everything was like dilapidated and the fact that these slow sort of studies of life were kind of supposed to reflect that in a way i guess um but yeah, yeah uh, i wonder if you guess that from david lynch because you talked about david lynch a lot and eraser had a some of the like the slowest it's one of the slowest paced movies I've ever seen in my life. I was going to say, like, and, and just really indulgent. Like, he can yeah, do, he yeah. just does what he wants to do for the sake of what he wants to try to get that feel across. And yeah. that disorienting kind of one minute, it's like a family saga or drama. And then the next minute, it's like, what the fuck is happening? And it's like, it's obviously a very deliberate choice, I think, um, to kind of try and recreate that. And And if he can be indulgent then why can't she you know i think that i liked that yeah. i thought stylistically it worked yeah <clears throat> do you think this film would have been as effective if it wasn't a vampire movie if you took that element out of the <laughs> of the story i don't know if it, it feels quite central to the whole thing i think um yeah not too sure really if you took it out it'd be um like one of Shane Meadows' more experimental yeah. films, I think. Yeah, that's something. That's something. <laughs> this is Iran instead of this, <laughs> this is yeah. Iran. So it's quite a small yeah. cast as well. So you've got Sheila yeah. Band as the girl, um, Arash Morandi as Arash, uh, Marshall Manesh <laughs> as Hussein, who's as his dad, isn't it? Hussein. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Is his dad or his 
Junkie Saeed Rooney. is like the drug dealer. The drug dealer looks like the guy from Diane Ford, doesn't he? He looks like the same yeah. guy. Uh, for a second, I was like, is that now? I mean, it's not, but nearly yeah. with the sort of flat top mullet face tattoo. He was actually look. very good in that role. I think, like, mm. I, although he was a nasty drug dealer and I couldn't wait for him to get his comeuppance, he did it incredibly well. And we could have probably done with seeing a little bit more of that and like just escalated his nastiness a bit higher. Yeah, um, you know, having like a central antagonist in the sort of the whole, for the proceedings probably would have worked a little bit better, I think. Yeah, because um, yeah. it was nice to hate him, and then he was dead before you kind of knew it. Yeah, which uh, was like important so that you knew it was a vampire movie, and that was like his set piece. But at the same time, if if he'd been worked on a bit more, I think it could have perhaps been a bit more satisfying as well. Like it was satisfying because he was a prick. <laughs> Yeah. But he was also like a drug dealing bully. He wasn't like a murderer he or anything. His car. So, yeah. Well, do, you he know many, his... do you know how many days I worked for that car? Two thousand. <sighs> I mean, who 100... drives a car like that anyway without getting it nicked after a bad city? I do wonder if he stole that car. I'm watching it again, second time. Yeah. They were supposed to think that he worked for two thousand one hundred ninety-one days to save up for that car. But he yeah. stole everything else. Yeah, he stole like the he, earrings, didn't he? And he, and he didn't drugs, even think twice about it. Yeah, so I think he might have stolen that car. We just, oh, just not yeah. implied. Just going around, pick, stealing cats, yeah. stealing earrings, stealing cars. Nothing matters to this guy. Stealing, well, I mean, like, um, uh, what's his name? James Dean's looks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like uh, at the end of the movie, he realizes that his kind of brand new girlfriend of like two days has murdered his dad, and he still drives off into the night with her. So he's he's got yeah, you know, I mean, his a lot dad, of learning to do. In a way, was a burden upon him. Oh, I like yeah. how when yeah. he when he kicked his dad out and went, here's all the money, here's all the drugs, and he went, and his dad left, and was like dead in less than twelve <laughs> hours. <laughs> What's wrong with you? For God's sake, have some self respect. Dead yeah. in twelve hours. It's never explicitly stated that he knows it's the same cat. He could that moment of re- realization on his face is him going, "War, I've got the same cat." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. each other. I stole the same cat. Now you've <laughs> stolen the cat off me. That's too far. Yeah. Uh, but the cat had like a psychic link with the girl, right? He like she knows that things are going wrong um, in the with um, Arash's dad. Because the cat is like present in the, the room. Hussein Hussein thinks that the cat is the reincarnation of his dead wife. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I wonder if it is the reincarnation of his dead wife. Yeah. Who knows? Could I mean, be. Could be. It was definitely. It was definitely watching out for people. Like. Yeah. So if we just go through the plot, I guess as quickly as we can. So obviously we've just covered a bit of it where Arash at the very beginning, opening credits, steals a cat. Um, he's got a heroin addicted father who's like always sat on the floor. Just have a little go and go in the armchair. Uh, and there's a drug dealing pimp <laughs> go on that. named yeah. Saeed. who's obviously uh, being a bit of a bastard. He's owed a load of money. So he takes um, takes Arash's prized car and possession. Um, and then Arash gets really angry and punches a wall. Which you know, mm-hmm. uh, we've all been in, there. Instant regret, you know. We're gonna punch that fucking wall. Oh no! Uh, he does break his hand, doesn't he? Because he goes to the doctor late later on. Yeah, he's got a cast for the rest of the movie. I think. Um, yeah, that's right. Very similar. Uh, so there's some other minor characters. There's like a little little boy uh, who's wearing a lot of layers. I just kept thinking he must be 
ever so worn. He's got like a, <laughs> he looks quite old. Like, <laughs> like he had the kind like of turtleneck, turtleneck and blazer combo, <laughs> which is yeah. you know a great combo. But he looks like felt... a university lecturer, like he's Bless him. just old beyond his years. Horticulture. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got that dude. Uh, yeah, and I guess like there are some other. There's not really any other named characters in it, are there? It's just um, not that Addie, many. I think her name is Atty, the prostitute. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that, course, is, um, that is um, that is um, Amipur herself, isn't it? She plays that character. Uh, really? That... Does she? She, 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 she plays some, or does she play the other one? She's I in think, it. I knew she, I knew she did the, the skateboarding scenes because she's a skateboarder. I knew she did the skateboarding scenes as uh, um, what's a flavor. I think girl. she was a character at the party, the one who had like uh, the Day of the Dead face. He's definitely in it. Hang on, I might mm. have got this confused. Yeah. Oh no, they are, no, sorry, Ati is Mozan Mano. Um, yeah, I, I think misread that. I think that was someone at the party. I think. I'm not yeah. Oh yeah, Skeleton Party Girl. There we go. She's in it, but. Oh. <laughs> and the cat's called Masuka. The cat's got a name. So good name. Refer yeah, to name. Masuka yeah. from now on. Masuka. Uh, Mazuka. Oh, Mazuka. Mazuka, that Veruka. <laughs> oh my God. Mazuka, <laughs> that warts. <laughs> That's all you got to ask for it. If you go into the pharmacy, you got to go, have you got any bazooka, that Veruka, please? Because yeah. <laughs> otherwise they just won't know what you mean. If you ask for a bazooka, they're just, they just lift up a shutter and they've just got loads of guns and stuff, yeah. arms dealers. Uh, That's what happens. In, <laughs> that's what happens in Bad City. So Arash has got a job. He's like, what? Alan Titchmarsh. Uh, does a bit of gardening on the side. He's he's the he's the odd job man, isn't he? He's the one that gets bossed around. Yeah, by, she, by she the wealthy says, family. She goes, "Come up here and tune in my TV." Yep. That's... <laughs> oh, yep. What kind of TV was it? Was it a CRT TV? Is that what it needed tuning in? I can't remember. I'm not sure. But what was going on with this? So that's uh the so Shader, this woman. Um, she got like some sort of like thing. What's she? What's that thing on her nose? She's had a nose job. She's had a nose job, right? Yeah, and okay. that's the implication okay. is that she's uh, yeah, yeah, okay. trying to fix her nose. Okay. I think I believe. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was those little bands you put across your nose when you like snore. But, no, I, uh, I, yeah. My my understand my immediate was like, oh, she's had a nose job, which would make sense <laughs> with the context of her being a rich yeah. girl with lots yeah. of money. That, make, that makes a lot more sense because why would she wear something to stop herself? <laughs> or she just snores really day. heavily all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and then he steals some earrings, which are just there on the table. I think, oh, at least go and have a look around in her drawers for something else. Don't just take it to the table. It's obvious then, isn't it? <laughs> it's obvious. Yeah. Just uh, go look around in her drawers for something else. Just go, look, just go and look, look around in her drawers. That's much more respectable. Um, yeah. And then we're kind of introduced to uh, the girl. Cause, because Saeed, the drug dealer, is just wandering around the streets at night. Just walking around. And... Uh, she does she follow him or does she just like walk past him and then well no he's also a pimp so he meets up with um yeah, uh Atty, the prostitute and there's there's a nasty scene where he kind of kind of encourages her to 
suck him off in the car and then gets kind of distracted because the shadow of the girl is standing behind watching. Yeah. Um, then he kind of pushes Atty out of the car and drives off. And then she clearly kind of follows him home. Uh, she's watching to see what how men are... She's obviously kind of prowling the streets. She's hungry. She kind of sees... She chooses men to eat, not women. And then she chooses men who act... Um, in like questionable that. ways, which is why she asks you the little boy when she you she my meets. Packet. <laughs> <laughs> when she meets the little boy, though, she says, "Are you a yeah. good boy?" Have, do, you know, because otherwise she's going to eat him. <laughs> yeah. so, I like that because it kind of made me think I she's ain't just, a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> she's just making sure he doesn't develop and grow into a into an asshole by Instead terrifying. He's going to be a traumatized person. <laughs> <laughs> Her voice yeah. when she was scaring him like scared yeah. me a little. Bit. Yeah, it was good. I'm going to try my best to be a good boy now. Sorry, don't <laughs> don't get me, please. Uh, so yeah, she goes back to Saeed's gaff, uh, where he's doing a load of drugs and putting on some tunes. Uh, and it's really very... shit music as well. What I loved about that scene <laughs> is that like the music throughout the rest of the film is so tasteful and like cool and like indie and you know hipster i guess in a way in a little bit of a way and then he just puts on this like like hardcore techno or whatever it is and he's just like having a having yeah, a bit of I a think... club night in his room and the contrast is so bang on i thought it was really clever <laughs> find out a lot about a character just by what music they're listening to you see <laughs> you can i mean uh, i like and... a bit of techno don't worry <laughs> get me wrong but <laughs> he's a terrible Charm. i just kept thinking he's a terrible host because he comes in and he just starts going about his business keep all the cocaine for himself for like no he ages. did offer a line he did offer he a did, line. he did but yeah. You know, the moment had gone, I thought, yeah. you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, right, no, don't bother. You're just doing uh, it to be polite. I can tell you don't really want to. <laughs> <laughs> I've made you, you're giving you a little line there. See, a tiny little line there. You'll like that. <laughs> Delightful. Are you being selfish with your cocaine, Saeed? <laughs> what is that um, uh, cape hood thing that the girl is wearing? It's called a chador. It's, um, chador. it's a traditional dress, I believe. So it's... It's really cool, and it really suits the kind of vampire. It does. Uh, I well. thought that it was really effective, yeah. wasn't it? Because it's sort of like a cape, but not. It was yeah. kind of. Also, I don't. I don't know whether there's a piece in that as well about reclaiming, um, kind of religious clothing or traditional mm-hmm. clothing a little bit as well, or, or or not reclaiming it, but kind of working it into a new genre as well. And I know there's a lot of debate around. Um, kind of clothes that women wear in certain countries and stuff but i really liked that it had a a kind of i don't know cool at dark kind of bit like batman edge to it really <laughs> it's a really <laughs> it was... cool cool character design with like the the striped top and yeah. on a skateboard as well because yeah, yeah the skateboard was also it's very intimidating when 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 the Ch- was it chador did you say chador yeah. was down but at one point when she was skating it was flowing behind her and you could yeah kind of see and the line just of a woman that... in jeans and a t-shirt it, but it was so smooth as well though yeah. right like when she's just that shape just smoothly going along on the board i loved that i thought that was really clever yeah yeah, yeah. so uh in this scene she uh Saeed's coming on to a he likes putting his fingers in people's mouths doesn't he and you knew as soon as he started doing that it wasn't gonna end well for him uh yeah. and she bites his finger off before obviously she shows her fangs first and i like the little sound effect of when the fangs came out <laughs> All good vampire movies need a little moment, don't yeah. they? They do it with rattlesnakes in films, so why not with vampires? Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of the noise when Wolverine's claws come out. Uh, well, how they do that? Sorry. It's not like a butter like, that pops them out. Like the, Maybe there is. 
do we have some things like a cat like it will spread its paws right and the claws will come out what even wolverine how does he what's the connection how do you make it come out you don't have to think so think happy thoughts maybe it's, maybe it's just maybe it's just the, the scent of blood or something i don't know yeah, maybe I it's think like it's... A... very like switchblady. I feel like she's got a little switch on the back of her neck. <laughs> Popping out. Like an action man. <laughs> you know those switches that used to be yeah, move the eyes? That <laughs> would be really bad in a combat situation, wouldn't it? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Hang on. Can you press my button? Uh, so yeah, she bites his finger off, then she puts the severed finger in his mouth. How do you like it? Uh, just dessert, I thought. Just like dessert. It. Loves himself. Mm, it's the best thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> you know what? I've gone way more Bristol on this one just because you're here, Ben, than I normally would. Yeah. <laughs> just it's noticing good. it. It's good to hear. Uh, I don't think I think I go pretty Bristol on the on the uh, podcast as well. I think in my day to day life, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not so much. Others would say differently. As a sommelier at the vine, <laughs> the Ivy, whatever it's called. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she kills Saeed, uh, sucks his blood, um, and as she leaves, she pretty much doesn't care about leaving the crime scene. She's even got blood all around her mouth as she leaves, mm-hmm. and Arash sees her leaving as well. Um, but he's come to offer the earrings he's stolen for the car, and he's like, score, I get both. And he does. He keeps and both. Some drugs. And a nice briefcase. And a whole briefcase full of drugs, <laughs> yeah. money, and a gun. Which you know is nice. All the things yeah. you want. Mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, Said maybe not the pimp element, but I think he wants to be that kind of respected, to whatever degree, kind of character. Right? He wants to be bad, and he's not. He's a quite an innocent soul. It's in when he's on drugs later on, that kind of innocent, childlike nature comes out, which yeah. is why he doesn't get eaten. But he's kind of taking some of Saeed's identity when he takes the briefcase. I was cross with him for that as well when he starts offering drugs to the girls at the party. I was like, oh, yeah. come on, you're better than this. And it's like you say, he just wanted to be impressive because presumably because of like his social status, he's just been completely invisible. And even mm-hmm. the girl that employs him bosses him around, like does a farm farm girl, farm boy, um, Princess Bride kind of jobby on him. And it's like, yeah. it's just she doesn't consider him seriously at all and then the sad thing is is that he kind of gets wasted at that party and then kind of makes a move on her and she's still not interested in him and then she sort of drapes herself around a slightly higher status friend and it's just like for him he just wants to succeed in life and that's why he's got that silly car and that's why he dresses like james dean and like he's got aspirations for his life that are above the shitty deal he's been given Mm -hmm. and and he thinks that maybe that's how you do it that get that wealth and status is is by doing the same things that the other guy did. And actually, I was cross with him. <laughs> yeah. As, as he would be. But I was quite glad yeah. he sort of didn't go down that whole full-blown, turned into a nasty guy mm-hmm. in the character arc. I thought it was good that he didn't. Yeah. So he's at the party dressed as Dracula, um, and he gets coerced into taking one of the ecstasy pills it wasn't that he's he's selling the pills as well isn't he because i know he's got cocaine but was he selling the pills he's got everything in the suitcase Ah, don't try try your own product jesus on the job as well that's not very (laughs) good yeah Yeah, so uh what happens he just ends up roaming the streets yeah he kind of turns he gets lost he's like a little toddler 
wandering around yeah. looking at lights which <laughs> yeah just standing there gazing yeah. up <laughs> yeah uh and then the girl turns up and what, what, I can't even well that, that's oh, that's a nice bit as well of subversion there because like the whole idea of a girl walks home alone at night you immediately think oh god here we go we're gonna see a vulnerable young woman drunk walking home from a club at night or something and something bad happens to her and actually it's the drunk, vulnerable man mm-hmm. walking home from a party yeah. and he's lost and he doesn't know what's happening to him. And this woman comes along and kind of takes him back to hers. And it's a real nice little subversion of that kind of, I guess, trope is the right word for that. Um, yeah. And, My and house he isn't far from here. Yeah, well, he can't walk. So she sticks him on a skateboard and wheels him home. <laughs> yeah. Humiliating. That's humiliating. <laughs> Just down on a skateboard, getting pushed over. Oh, this oh, is the, my lowest moment. You'd like that, would you? Yeah, While dressed yeah. as Dracula? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it before this that the girl um, sees Hussein like, on the street as well and she's like taunting him, like copying him from across the street uh, and he ends up running away? Oh, yeah. I think yeah, that was I can't just remember before. that bit. I don't remember that. I remember Hussein few... is following Atash, um, Atti yeah. around a lot and he's, he won't let her go, which kind of traditional creepy old man behaviour, but mm. that's mm. quite unsettling as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so yeah, back at the girl's uh, crib, uh, she's playing playing all of her tunes for him. What is that song she plays? I need to know because on the soundtrack there's quite a few songs, and it was is it the White Lies song? I don't know, but it was good. I liked yeah, it. She's got a good vinyl collection. Very yeah, nice. she's got like um, collections of lots of stuff. I think she must have been around for a long time. So she's got like a big stack of watches and. There's yeah. like maps on the wall, so I imagine she's probably moved around the last. There's a lot of cool little set design sort of. She's add basically emphasis or add extra details to her character. Yeah. It's quite cool. With all the watches, I just thought, all right, Del Boy. She does the <laughs> slowest turn I've ever seen in film either. It's, it's the slowest turn. It's like it takes. How long does that turn take? It's a good thirty second turn. That, right? That's your Lynch, though. That's that's your like. And actually, those moments where she is moving slowly, and you know something bad's going to happen. Like the music kind of underneath all of that, the slow bass build that just creeps up really, mm-hmm. really cleverly. Um, it does work. It's like definitely creeping dread, I think, rather than like outright horror. Um, yeah. And it is a bit, again, it's a bit like Let the Right One In. It's that very slow, kind of deliberate, quiet. Is it quiet horror that they call it? I think they do, don't they? I could never hear him. <laughs> to speak up, for God's sake. I think I think that song is is White Lies, uh, and it's called Death. So I think yeah. if you if you want to listen to it again, that's what, what it's <laughs> what. Okay, speak yeah. up. Uh, yeah. So they have their quiet moment. Um, what does she like? Is there a moment where she's like looking at his neck? Because in the description, yeah, she, she resists. She resists. His exposed neck. neck. Even I was tempted by that neck. That is the most tempted neck I've ever seen. I don't know what it is about movie podcasts and boys and necks, but uh, over at thenecronomy.com, Josh Rubin and James Sabata spent 20 minutes talking about Michelle Pfeiffer's neck in Batman Returns. So I want another podcast with. (laughs) What's going on with her neck in Batman Returns? Michelle Pfeiffer in, in that film. 
<laughs> there we I was are, very there young. Are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very formative, clearly, and her neck <laughs> was a big part yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah. It does make me chuckle. You know that she she whipped off all those mannequin heads, Michelle Pfeiffer. Beg your pardon. She whipped them off in one take. Goodness. Yeah, I saw that, and I saw them like all like uh, applauding her after she did it as well. I wouldn't cheer. I'd be terrified of her. And she got in the litter tray afterwards. I can't think. Oh, good, geez. good. She's still in character then. <laughs> still in character then, what? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and then what, what happens after that? They meet the next night, don't they? And she's, and the girl's talking about all the terrible things she's done. And he's like, I've done terrible things. And it's like, it's not a competition. I've done more terrible things than you. It I've murdered is, people. And he's like, oh, I nicked some earrings once. And a cat. He nicked a cat. I do think that's quite a big guy. That's worse, yeah. That's and a worse. car, probably. And Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he gives her the earrings. And then she's like, my ears aren't pierced. And he's, but then does she suggest piercing she the offers. ears? Yeah. She pops her Are they... <laughs> I feel like oh, she does. He does burn the. He, it's quite a cool the, scene. It's it feels kind of like a old school, uh, rope like kind of classic cinema romance where he's kind of like lighting the, uh, the the pin. It would have been different if they just went down to Claire's accessories to get her ears pierced. <laughs> no, see, I this is that scene. Of... I love I love that that that's the scene like for me where I kind of reality started to kick in a little bit. Um, like. If if some bird that you've only just met kind of says, "Oh, thanks for these nice earrings. I can't wear them, but would you stab holes in my ears with the safety pin?" Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd go in with the earring, like I, I'd use I, the I just earring think, to do the piercing. I think most dudes would be like, "No, no I'm, all, I'm all right, actually. Let's let's just leave it for a bit and just we'll think about date. it." Like, You're already <laughs> yeah. And she's yeah. so weird and intense, and he doesn't. Even, well, he sort of does flinch a little bit. Like there's a moment on his face where he's just a bit like, mm, "All right," yeah, but yeah. he then he, he's either like, n- he's either so naive he doesn't realise that that's a bit fucked up, um, or it's just not quite realistic. I think for how a guy might respond in that situation. Like I have a feeling that if I was on a date with someone and I asked them to randomly stab holes in my ears. <laughs> probably like not be up yeah, on a second yeah. date <laughs> but he's trying to play up to that kind of bad man role still though isn't he i think a little bit so maybe yeah. Yeah, i mean maybe, maybe he wouldn't it. stab someone you but... know anything else pierce tongue yeah. belly button <laughs> yeah. i'll do it all while i'm here uh, maybe a tattoo <laughs> maybe yeah. a little stick and poke as well uh the backdrop here is like the there's a lot of backdrops of like the oil refinery and stuff isn't there yeah, yeah. i thought um, that was interesting it always makes for good cinema doesn't it the, the arms that kind of go up and down they're kind of mm. doing whatever they do yeah, I, yeah. looking for the oil i don't know <laughs> but yeah it was quite <laughs> interesting are <laughs> yeah, what are they doing <laughs> daniel day lewis oil, i guess <laughs> oh yeah uh, finding here. <laughs> uh, and then what's next uh, after that? That's gonna that's their second date, which was lovely. Uh, they'll be talking about that for years. Uh, <laughs> and then later on is when. So this is when the girl and Atty, the the prostitute who worked for Said, um, she gets followed home by the woman. Um, but then they have a nice little. Do they have a drink together or something? They have a bit of a chat, don't they? About Just well, she chat, sees yeah. Atty sees um, the watch that belonged to the drug dealer. Um, That's right, yeah. And uh, kind of says, you know, finds out that she's got more to her than meets the eye. Mm. 
Like a transformer. <laughs> Whoa, this isn't this kind of film. Uh, yeah, there's a big fight scene with Megatron. Uh, and then what's the next? Uh... Uh, and then I think, is this a bit where Hussein is, is because uh, he hasn't any drugs in ages, and he starts to think that the cat is the reincarnation of his dead wife. Oh, and he's having proper withdrawals, isn't yeah. he? And goes a bit, gets. I, I was starting to worry for the cat because I'm not a huge cat fan, but I didn't necessarily oh, yeah. want anything to happen to the cat either because it was a nice, yeah. pretty cat. Who knows? Um, and I was starting to feel for the cat's safety <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so Arash, like, has just had enough. He's like, I've had up to here of you and your heroine. So. You're going to get what you want. Load of money, load of drugs. Get out. And, I'm going to, and sling your hook, which yep, he does. Pretty much. Uh, takes the cat with him as well, doesn't it? Yeah, he says, uh, Arash is like, I don't want it anymore. And I wondered about that. And there's some significance to that that I probably missed. <laughs> like, Take your wife with you. I mean, cat. Yeah, well, yeah what a peculiar thing. What's it, if you've got your reincarnated wife as a cat, where do you take her? To the, see the prostitute? Like, it's just such <laughs> yeah. a weird, it is weird. weird scenario. Maybe he's punishing her though, because he said to yeah. her when he was smashing up her pictures, "You left yeah. me like this." Uh, yeah. Maybe there's an element we... of like punishing yeah, her for okay. something. Do we know what happened yeah. to her? Did she pass away? Or... I'm presuming she just died, and then he made that her problem. <laughs> Rather than yeah. like yeah. sorting his life out and being. Oh, die are you? Well, I'm gonna go and do a load of heroin. See how you like exactly. that. Exactly, <laughs> and my son can just fucking look after himself. But it's all about me. Yeah. <laughs> Selfish. Obviously, the the distressing scene you mentioned before, uh, with him and Atty, uh, yeah. But then the girl turns up while he's. It's afterwards, isn't it? Like they've fallen asleep. Yeah, he kind of goes to sleep with her, cuddling her, and it's like at that moment, any kind of sympathy I might have had for him was just gone. Um, and they were trying to sort of reclaim it a little bit by he's obviously very lonely and just wanted some human comfort, but didn't have to be a nasty scumbag in order to do it. Um, I'm so lonely. I'm gonna be abusive and I'm gonna force you to take heroin. Yeah, it's just. I, I mean, we all get like that sometimes. It just. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets what he, so he gets. What he deserves is that the woman, um, the girl. I keep calling her the girl, but she is just called the girl. She yeah, she's. It? Yeah, that's her name on the on the, the vampire list, girl. Yeah. Um, she turns up and kills him. And that's like the most climactic scene in the film. Um, yeah. And then everything from then is just like a quiet slope down, isn't it? Like, yeah. um, and maybe they could have made more of that, perhaps if that was the peak. I think the crescendo. Um, yeah, because yeah, it kind of felt like after this scene when Atti helps to dispose of the body as well, um, take they take the cat and leave. It kind of felt like there was nothing. It kind of the film didn't really know exactly where it was going to go now, mm. um, because. I know Arash and the girl decide to run away, but it felt like it would have had more impact if they were running away from something or from yeah. somebody. I yeah. guess, sure, they're running away from the fact that, that she's essentially killed more people, but it doesn't seem like there's any yeah. any law to really was, worry about. There about was no it. real threat to her, was there? That was the thing. Like, yeah. like she was just this kind of... Um, she just sort of moves through the world, passing, dishing out judgment and eating whatever and whoever she chooses. And there didn't seem to be any real threat to her, like none of the, which I, on one hand I quite liked. There was none of that like 
sunlight mm. bollocks or although it's noticeable you only ever see her in the dark so you just yeah. that's, that's implied i quite um, like that the fact that there was none of the vampire lore yeah the, none of the law associated with it but at the same I, time I it's that. like are they just going to be is it an actual western and are they just now drifters going from place to place with some country oh, music boothing yeah. along in the back or is there something more sinister driving them on or away um but then maybe it doesn't you know maybe again it's a style choice and that ambiguity is is yeah. like that kind of calling card of, of hers so mm. yeah it's weird I, I don't know how i feel about the ending I, there seems to be a moment where it's almost as if arash is making the decision is he just going to let her if he, is he not going to bring up the death of his father and is, is he <laughs> just going to go with her and and accept her for for who she is um or not uh, i guess that's kind of like the emotional kind of ending to it but i don't know i don't know I mean, they're gonna I mean, have therapy for years about that aren't they they're gonna have issues yeah. it's gonna come up in our the longer they're gonna bury it he's gonna bury <laughs> yeah. it down and in 10 years they'll have a big argument and he'll go and he'll throw it Kill back my in dad from you. yeah about someone yeah. will bring in broccoli and that'll come out yeah. my dad <laughs> yeah <laughs> remember when yeah. you ate my dad <laughs> no yeah <laughs> i did that for you <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, so yeah, now you're bringing up Let the Right One In, I can't help but compare the endings to both of them. And I yeah. just Let the Right One In is one of my favorite movies. But that maybe has the emotional, that had yeah. much more of an emotional punch for me. And I don't know why, maybe yeah. it's because they're so much younger, they're children, and they're kind of the innocence implied mm. um, made that whole scenario much more satisfying. Um, yeah. Or, or just there was much more of a slow build of danger for her as well. Like if she didn't eat, you could see how much in distress she actually was and how much at risk she was of dying. You don't really get that with the girl in this movie. She just seems to be quite invulnerable. Yeah. Um, I think there needs to be... Conf- an- <laughs> There's true conflict in that film. Though. With this film, it feels like the conflict is kind of... doesn't quite ri- ever rise to the surface. It's yeah. always, always kind of like there, but quite hidden. And maybe that's why yeah. people in the in the the negative reviews are saying it is quite empty. Or it feels quite vacuous, or or it doesn't have the kind of um, concern. There's no element of concern throughout it. it feels... Yeah, I think vacuous is the wrong word because that mm. just implies it's all surface and it's like yeah. there was a there were some real themes here and some quite deep themes to do with like. Uh, social status and the nature of like accepting yeah. someone for who they are and um kind of stuff that women have to put up with and that feminist angle as well but i i just wonder whether just needed it needed notching up a little bit more for me like mm-hmm. just just a little bit more of that and really kind of hammer that home it just fell shy a little bit of the, the bar perhaps yeah 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 um and then that's how it ends they ride off into the nighttime into the next movie or well, there is a, i don't know if it's the next movie but there's a comic book series i don't know if that goes into yeah any, i saw that deeper, yeah she, she did um did, did she was did she release graphic novels at the same time or i read somewhere yeah it was a six-part graphic that, yeah. novel series it was in 2014 so that's the same year uh, yeah. explores the girl's backstory uh yeah very interesting yeah definitely read that what is going on with her back i always thought about that <laughs> Um, so we've got a bit of name game I don't know (laughs) I don't know if you know what it'd become quite clear uh, Gemma when we do the first one Uh, basically I'm going to give you uh, a little bit about a film I saw that was very similar to this film and you have to tell me the name of the film 
if that oh, makes blimey. sense. Okay. Don't worry, it's not as... I was going to say, you're expecting a lot from my <laughs> very frazzled brain. This game does don't, not expect don't. a lot from anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From yeah, you'll see what we mean. So okay. this film I saw the other night was about a film. It was a film about a girl who walks home alone at night. But it turned out she was part bird. Any idea what that one's called? What? So a girl walking home alone at night and she's flapping her feathers and <laughs> shouting in the way that birds do. <laughs> Shouting? Yeah, well, what do the birds do? They don't I bark. have no idea. I should know, but I have no what idea. Do, what do birds do? They, they don't bark. Squawk. A yeah. girl squawks home alone at night. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good movie. The silver one I watched, <laughs> which maybe doesn't quite work, it's about uh, a little mammal. <laughs> a little mammal that walks around the capital of Italy at night. Not as good, this one, but pretty, it's decent. Uh... A little mammal. Are you? Hang on. So, are we Evolve? talking? Are you trying to make up the title of the movie with like totally unrelated things? That's okay. The so, are we game. talking? That's the name. Girl game. walks around Verona at night, or something like that. Close. <laughs> Close. Close. Okay. Not as smart as that. So, it's okay. about a little mammal. You see him everywhere in trees, stealing nuts. A squirrel. <laughs> a squirrel. Walks... <laughs> the squ- well, if you say it properly, squirrel. A squirrel. A squirrel walks <laughs> around Rome at night. The squirrel walks Rome alone at night. It's really decent. <laughs> I've like forgotten what the film's called. I need to get it in front of me. I've forgotten what my own name is now. <laughs> a squirrel. This, is that what you're this saying, Luke? Film. Squirrel. Squirrel. A squirrel. Squirrel. Friends. Squirrel. If I'm saying it in polite conversation, I say squirrel. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but to make it work for this game, squirrel. I have to change it. Squirrel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this one I watched. It's pretty good. I thought this one was the best out of the bunch. So a film about a girl who has a dog named after a famous Macaulay Culkin sequel, and she only walks that dog at night. Oh my god! I a just girl... <laughs> a girl walks what? I'm alone. A girl night. walks home alone at night. It's the same. <laughs> mm, close. It's the sequel. A girl, a girl walks, walks home, home alone, alone too it at night. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Nothing happens. She just takes the dog for a long walk. Um, the silver one, the silver one, was pretty nonsensical. It's this one about a girl who stays up all night and she keeps banging on about the Google internet browser. A girl, just... a girl walks Chrome alone. <laughs> well, close, girl... but she doesn't go anywhere. She's is in a bedroom talking. I mean, <laughs> a girl, a girl. <laughs> Browses Chrome alone. <laughs> I was, was going to go browse. <laughs> it's about a girl. She's she's she's. Uh, I don't want to say the word, but she's saying lots about this browser. She's. You could say it rhymes talks, with walk. <laughs> talks Chrome alone at night. The girl who talks Chrome alone at night. That's the one. <laughs> and this last one. I mean, this this was a banger. This is a bad girl who stayed up all night trying to sell her hundreds and hundreds of doggy copies of the third Mad Max movie. <laughs> uh, wait, the third one? That's the third one. Fun, thunder. No. Yeah, Thunderdome. A girl. Well, a girl. She's selling. She's trying to sell loads of copies. She's got tons of these copies of Mad Max Three. She's trying to get rid of them to anyone. Sells Thunder. Dome at night. It, it, it. 
Just say what you're going to say, and I'll put you in the, the right girl place. sells Thunderdome at night? Well, she didn't sell it. Well, she did sell it, but she's, you know, Del Boy in it. Oh, my days. A girl flogs. Rhymes with walks. <laughs> Hawks. Yeah. The girl who hawks Mad Max 3 beyond Thunderdome alone at night. <laughs> Yeah. I think you need to have a strong word with yourself, Luke. Go and sit in the corner for five minutes <laughs> and assess what you've done. We're well past that. We there, do this there, every have been, week. there have been some bizarre name games, Luke, but that might be the most bizarre of all of them. And I respect you for that. I tip my hat and uh, yeah, more of the same next week, please. Good use of the word hawks, though. I need to get that in somewhere. I think it's an underused word. Yeah. What did I say? Cells. <laughs> <laughs> I really, it really wasn't going in what the <laughs> what the point of the game was, but yeah, there we go. I'm glad you had fun, Luke. Even though <laughs> uh, so we need to rate the movie. Um, we normally go between A and F, but you could choose whatever rating scale you like. Uh, well, on the alphabet, I'm assuming not the <laughs> periodic table. <laughs> we, we tend to stick with the alphabet. You can go periodic okay. table if that's your bag. Yeah. Okay, mean... no, it's not. I'm not good at science. <laughs> so, which is the lower end and which is the higher end? I tend to see F as the lower end. Okay, <laughs> working up towards A. <laughs> a, so a, a, plus, a plus is the. Um, we do pluses and minuses there. as well. Yeah. Bristol, yep. eight. Eight. Um, Arca E. Arca E, mind. Don't do an E, though. <laughs> I am going to give it a solid C+. Plus. Interesting. I thought you were going to go a little yeah. higher than that. Yeah, I thought no, maybe I think, go a little bit higher I think that. I wanted more from the story, but I loved the look and the feel, and mm-hmm. I would definitely watch it again. I would definitely hunt down the soundtrack, but I wanted more from the the story just needed certain parts of it just needed ramping up a little bit perhaps or focusing more on for a bit longer yeah mm-hmm. cool how about you ben? uh i might go a tiny little bit higher so i think i'll go for a b minus because yeah i liked it i think yeah the third act possibly uh, lacked a tad for me uh, in terms of, like the narrative it kind of tailed off fizzled out um, but apart from that, I think it was a nice, unique take on a on a vampire movie. Uh, looks great, sounds great. Um, it was good times. C B, B minus, mate. B minus. Okay. Well, I was going to go straight with B. I think, yeah, the story is a bit lacking. Um, but I think the aesthetics and the tone are so unique and like palpable that they're difficult not to. It's difficult not to kind of love that. It's like with Drive. That's like you mentioned Drive earlier. That's like so base around the aesthetic of it that's kind of the point of it and um i do love it for that reason as well so i'm gonna give a b last time i watched it i was like a, a d i just didn't really sort of take to it but this time it's gone up it's gone up in my estimation so it's yeah there we go grower yeah. and a shower very nice very yeah. very very nice there we go cool all right that's uh that. so that's that uh thanks for listening uh you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver Thanks to Kovach Cameron for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. Join the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Uh, thanks to my co-host, Ben, for being a right horror dude. Also, Thank you very much. 
thanks for our guest, Gemma Moore. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Where can we find uh, yeah. your stuff, all your stuff and things? Now's all the my time stuff to and, hawk and your wares. Ooh, I'm going to hawk my wares. Okay. Um, easiest place to find all of my stuff is on Amazon at the moment. Um, uh, just stick my name into Google and I come up in various different places. Uh, social media. I'm, I'm all over it everywhere apart from tiktok because i don't know what that is <laughs> i haven't done that yet um and you can also hear um quite a lot of my short stories have been adapted by the no sleep podcast um you can go to their website put my name into the search bar um to bring up a list or you can just listen to the whole back catalogue of 15 seasons now like literally thousands of short scary stories uh i also have a podcast that i co-write and i'm in um it stars kate siegel called calling darkness which is a horror comedy podcast if you like that sort of thing um and i'm a voice actor in various other different shows you can look me up on pod chaser and i've got a growing list of kind of appearances and bits and pieces but if you want reading stuff definitely go to amazon um and you can also find me on gemmaramoreauthor.com sweet thank you very much um yeah, what are we doing next week, Ben? Uh, I think Andy's back, and we're going to be doing Jacob's Ladder. Okay, cool. I have seen that in ages. Uh, I've never seen it. What's it about? Window cleaner. Second <laughs> jo- second week on the trot. I've made that joke. <laughs> well, it's Enjoy classic. It. Enjoy it. Yeah. It's coming back next week. Same jokes. Same time. Same place. Cool. All right, guys. <laughs> we're going to end the recording there. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.